Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I, you are rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Do you remember the 21st of September? It is that day, and on this day, my Chicago Bears are a mess. You know, this has come back around, and I should have known. You know, they tell you, John, in the Bible, watch that judging, lest ye be judged. And after years and years... Of calling your organization a clown show, trash, dumb and dumber. September 20th, 2023 unfolded yesterday. And there was a lot of Bears news. It was all bad. So this was probably always bound to happen. I should have known, claiming to be a deacon, right? I should have known. I probably never should have judged you the way I did. Because at some point, my shop's going to be judged. And just look, just because you've been down for a long time doesn't mean you're due for a bounce back at some point that you're owed anything. Right. Ask, the, ask the Detroit Lions. Ask the Cleveland Browns. Do the NFL gods care at all if mm-hmm. you've been down a long time or if you haven't had a quarterback Mm-mm. for three decades? No. Mm-mm. Just keep it going on you. And so... Probably should start this off, and I know I, I, I get put in this position quite a bit, it seems. A little bit mm-hmm. less and less, though. But with an apology, mm-hmm. because my shop is looking nasty. Mm. It's looking real nasty up in Chicago right now. On the other end of the NFL spectrum, the San Francisco 49ers will play a game tonight against the Giants. That's the best right there, you know, if you want to see a standard. And then, of course, um, saw your man Parth over at Daily Memphian. Update or no on DeAndre, we're all sort of sitting waiting for the Pope to come out. And tell us whether or not DeAndre Williams is going to be eligible this season. We still sitting. He's enrolled. We knew that, right? We knew he was enrolled. Yeah. But whether or not he's going to get this uh, this waiver from the NCAA to play another season, we still don't know. We still don't know. You okay? Yeah, that's it. Is that all we got? Oh, I, well, I got another two minutes. Okay, I'm just making sure we. I, I want to make sure we don't. Might say, is that it? <laughs> we don't leave out anything, man. Memphis plays Missouri this weekend. You know how I feel about that game. Yep, that's a what? That that's a uh, <laughs> that's a uh, an interesting one for sure. I, I didn't mean like was that it in terms of like that's the end of the show, but oh, you know, apparently some interpreted it as that uh, that way. But uh, yeah, we got some footage. Oh, of, I misunderstood. We got some footage uh, from uh, from Missouri practice. Mm-hmm. Didn't look necessarily promising for uh, for that quarterback, Brady Cook, to play. So, yes, we will talk about that uh, on the show. Uh, this is uh, the 21st of September, man. How about that? Brad, hit that thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just, I see what you're doing. We'll just have to see if, uh, yeah, it's, 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 lit, it's, it's known as the uh, – it's like one of the greatest songs of all time. Well, there was like a plane that was flying the other day without a pilot or something, right? Wasn't it lost? Yeah, it's flying on its own. Is that? Oh, is that what? Remember, it was? there was no, there was nobody in the cockpit. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. Lost it for a minute. Remember, you didn't hear Charles talking about that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we lost one of our planes. It was flying itself and, after after the pilot had ejected. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like we were, uh, kind of like we were going. Right there. Nobody was at the controls there for a second. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. That's right. That's right. We're gonna have to launch an investigation, man. We're gonna. There's some bad weather. Is anybody have to control? There's some bad weather there for a minute, man. But hey, we'll make it through. No worries. Um, yeah, Drew Hill's gonna join us at 11:25. Talk to him about uh, college football. His Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback problems there in Tuscaloosa. 
Can we manage through this big game against Ole Miss this weekend? We'll see how high up you hold Nick Saban if he loses to Ole Miss this weekend. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll ask Drew mm-hmm. get his thoughts on that. Uh, then at one twenty-five, Jeff Calkins is going to hop on, and we'll get into all things Memphis sports with him uh, at one twenty-five. So that is uh, that is the show today. Happy September twenty-first. Uh, however, you may choose to observe that holiday, Jason. Did you did you jam it on the way in at least, or did uh, you not realize? No, I, I I said it to start as you were walking in actually, and we jammed it with with Chris Harrington. It was a selection on the Jeff Calkins okay. show today. So okay, gotcha. Get you caught up there. You don't want to oversaturate. Exactly. <laughs> so all right, good to know. But I, I loved Jeffrey's breakdown of the song. He called it a, a great little tune. And it is. I think it's they were talking about the harmonies and everything else. I, I, so I, I don't feel like we need to get into it at all. Well, I mean, like, it's been touched on today. Let's sort of break it down nah. like Gruden, Spider 2, Y Banana, of a great mm. little tune, you know, in terms of the symphony and the harmony. No, Jeffrey's point was, was actually right on point. It doesn't matter where you are, what time of year it is, you hear that song, you get up. <laughs> You're exactly right. It gets you going. <laughs> yes, it does, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll just, we'll, yeah, it's uh, it's a great song. There's no question about that. Um, all right, so college basketball has not gotten underway yet Mm-mm. because, as we mentioned, it's just the 21st night of September. <laughs> it is just the 21st night of September. It is not October. It is not November. You're gonna have to wait a little bit for. Uh, you're gonna have to wait a little bit for student madness. Okay, so that's gotta happen. Right. Then after student madness, you're gonna have to wait for a little few exhibition games. Right, mm-hmm. and then and then that's when you can start getting excited about Memphis Tiger basketball. So I, I don't want you to get too far ahead of yourself here, well, bud. I'm sorry, I can't get excited till we know on DeAndre. Mm, I, I, well, it 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 sort of gauges my level of excitement. Yeah, I, I respect you saying that, um, and I do think that has a big uh, a big bearing on exactly how excited we will be for this season. Because again, it 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 that decision, whatever it's different it, levels, it, no question, whatever it may be, if it. You, you you know you go from being a potential contender to you know a team that should make the tournament, and uh, it'll depend on matchups in terms of how far you advance, right? So uh, anyway, in in uh, in advance of the college basketball season getting underway, um, some of my friends have put together uh, the college basketball. I struggle with this word, almanac. Yeah, yeah, I struggle with this word for some reason because I think it's like different pronunciations of the you A. You want to call it almanac? Yeah, like, but it's because that's the only other way you can pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, like right? it's like I because no, you, you just have to just have you, you know have do it change, with a conviction. You have to change the way you say the A's. You know, almanac. It's not almanac. It's almanac. Applicable or applicable? I think it's applicable, isn't it? I hear different ways. I think it's applicable. There, there, there are some I'd words like that trip me up. Applicable. Though. This is one of them. This okay. is certainly one of them, but uh, the the almanac is now available, and basically what it is, it's it's a bunch of you know Jeff Goodman, other college basketball writers have gone through the country and extensively broken down every team. I well, mean, it feels like we needed more and more each offseason because of the movement. Right, right. You know, the fact that we basically got free agency out here and what over. Th- what is it now? Fifteen hundred, two thousand. How many kids hit the portal in the offseason now? Yeah. The number keeps going up. So you you need these more and more because of all the all the change. Exactly. No, that's a good point. Um, and these are all, I mean, again, extensive breakdowns too. It's not just like incoming, outgoing. You know, it's like, it's like, hey, this is really what the score is for this team. Um, before I get into what they write about Memphis, I will just tell you, um, and it's probably not a surprise. Um, it's it's I, I assume where they will ultimately land, but um, they have FAU first, picked first, and then Memphis second, um, and that is the that is the top of the order there for the AAC. Uh, they have UAB third, uh, Tulane fourth, North Texas fifth. So that's your that's your top five that they have, and we can go through the whole thing. But um, the, and those are the those are the top five. Interesting in terms of awards. Uh, they have Eric Gaines from UAB as the player of the year. I'm not familiar with his game. I remember Memphis recruited him once upon a time. I haven't really watched him. I'm not, mm-hmm. I think he went to LSU and transferred. Um, and they also have projected no Tigers on the AAC first team. So that is interesting. And I would like to bet that, but I can't. 
I mean, we really think there's gonna Memphis is gonna finish second. They're gonna have nobody on the first team. I guess it's possible, but that would seem crazy to me. That's interesting. Like Quinterly, we don't think is gonna be on the first team. I mean, David Jones, if he's playing, DeAndre Williams, if he like, there's a lot of guys. You know, Caleb uh, Mills. I mean, one of those guys. Well, who put, on the who first put team. this together? Your man Goodman. No, was Goodman, this did, was this his break? Did, this did he handle Goodman. this one? No, okay. this was uh, Jim Root, who I think is a fair guy. I just think he's wrong on that specific point when it comes to uh, the first team. And I'll just get into what? the. Oh, oh, do you have the whole? Yeah, the whole first team. Yeah, sure. Please and, let me let me the five guys that are all ahead of you know every Tiger. Uh, Eric Gaines, Jalen Forbes from Tulane. Janelle Davis and Elijah Martin from FAU, and then Max Fiedler from Rice. Yeah. I mean, is Max Fiedler a beast? I don't know. Bro. Is he a monster? Does it matter if on the Rice team that isn't going to be anywhere near the top? Oh, come on, man. He averaged 11 a game last year. He ain't making first team. Stop this. This is this – is... now, 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 clear me on something because, again, I, I might have missed it. Is This is postseason? Yeah. Not preseason? Yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be – this is going to be you know, after Memphis finishes second in the conference. You're saying? I mean, I'm assuming this is yeah. If this is not a preseason. He's got all conference first team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, I assume he means this is. Bro, going to... Jaquan Walton led Wichita State in scoring last year. He's already done it in the AAC. You're telling me a guy like him's not going to be first team? Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about here? J- Javon Quinterly, who's been as far as he, I, I, whatever with Quinterly with the numbers, maybe you hold him off. But for for Jaquan Walton, he's got a history in the AAC. It's you know that's ridiculous. He led his team in scoring last year. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the AAC last year. Also, uh, there was a coaches poll that I just saw, um, and this is an anonymous poll of the league's coaches, and I'm going to go through these, and you can tell me if, what you think. All right, breakout player, uh, Robert Pettiford, East Carolina. Player who scares you the most, Jalen Forbes, Tulane. Best pro prospect, Elijah Martin, FAU. Hardest team to prepare for, UAB. Sleeper team, North Texas. Best development staff, FAU. Does Memphis play in this league, bro, or did we go to the Big 12 and I need to pull up the Big 12 splash? I mean that's cur- like Memphis. They just, they just need to go. You just need to send this whole breakdown over to Penny because this ain't nothing but some Jay Norville fire him up stuff right here. It's like Memphis. I mean, what, even what, play. Are we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, like I, I, I uh, the breakdown which we'll get to in a minute of Memphis is very fair and actually I was going to say like, are we, should we be paying attention at all? John is what I was going to ask. But you would think Memphis was picked seventh in the league the way that they get no love in this ter- in terms of the you know the projections for the first team and then the. Uh, the the coaches are just like ah Memphis they don't they don't matter they don't move the meat you know it, it's not hard to prepare for Memphis bro it's harder to prepare for UAB than it is Memphis I don't believe that I don't believe that for a second uh, and then best development staff FAU really they had one freaking season they had one year where they went they broke through to the Final Four and now we're gonna say they have the best development staff well, it could be because like I said could cut both ways could be a good thing for Memphis but we said if if you end up being off the radar you're coming this year outside of the top twenty five maybe it ends up being a good thing. For this team, but in this sense, I mean, come on, you you've you you acknowledge the fact you think they're the second best team in the league, mm-hmm. but nothing about them special. If we're and, and right. I'm, I'm assuming again, he's he's talking about he's measuring a team without DeAndre Williams because he's not there right now. Even with that said, right? Because DeAndre would be a first teamer, bro. You would still, have, of course, he would. Now, of course, that's exactly that's that's, that's why you, I assume that. But even with that said, Jaquan Walton. David Jones, yep. who averaged six and a half rebounds last year in a Big East, could come in this AAC and be dominant. I mean, what there there are candidates. There are several for the Tigers. I'd say would be on the list. But are these brother from Rice? Yeah, or or even the uh, your East Carolina guy on the breakout. What, yeah. all these guys. It's uh, I find that a little strange. Let's hear the breakdown so we can see um, whether we should be paying attention to this at all. Okay, uh, I'm glad you asked because you said this is good. Yeah, it's more complimentary, certainly, of the... Uh, well, we'd li- uh, one compliment would be nice. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, this is what he writes uh, about the, um, the road to success. Um, ideally, Hardaway has built a roster capable of excelling on both ends. Portal prizes Jordan Brown and Nick Jordan are not quite the same level of rim protectors that Memphis has had in the past, nor is our favorite Malcolm Dandridge. But all three will make finishing. I added our favorite part. 
uh, but all three will make finishing inside a chore. The perimeter has length and quickness as imports like Caleb Mills, David Jones, and Jonathan Pierre have familiarity with pressure defenses. And the offense, again, has a nifty floor leader with four years of Division I experience. Javon Quinterly is not Kendrick Davis, and no one should expect him to be. Okay. But they do have some similarities. Both can get wherever they want on the court at any moment using jet-like quickness and a diverse collection of dribble moves. Quinterly will not get to the free throw line nearly as frequently, but he's plenty capable of setting others up to do just that. The, that dynamic can lead to erratic play. Just take a peek at Memphis' turnover rates in Penny's tenure, but it also lets the Tigers play with confidence. It also allows their tremendous athleticism to overwhelm foes in a wide-open, high-possession game. Um, the offense could have some hiccups without the virtuoso. Davis orchestrating everything, but Hardaway's track record defensively speaks for itself. In the past four seasons, Memphis's worst adjusted def- defensive efficiency ranking is 38th. This roster has the raw materials to rank highly once again. So, is that does that all sound fair enough to you? Um, or do you have an issue with it? I mean, I guess not. He didn't. He didn't mention Walton, did he? Uh, he has not mentioned Walton. No, he did not it's mention. Like he Walton. doesn't know he's on the team. Yeah, it's possible that that. Uh, yeah, no, this was written before. Now he got Brown and Quinterly, didn't he? And all that yes. sort of happened yes. right there, and then Walton was the last one. Yes. Yeah, so Walton. maybe maybe he turned it in before Walton got there. I mean, he said this was. I mean, he. I mean, I ain't gonna sit here up here and tell you this guy's gonna come in here and score you know twenty one points per game. But come on, you're talking about a solid 14, 15 points per game last year in the AAC. He does. Okay, so there is a mention of Jaquan Walton here. I'll read it to you because I know you do represent him. His NIL and Jaquan Walton, <laughs> a late July transfer from Wichita State, might be the most athletic of the bunch. He is a bouncy wing and a former top 100 prospect who can also shoot the lights out. While not a big man, he managed to lead the American in two-point percentage in league play, indicative of his finishing ability yes, sir. against size. So did you want me to copy and paste and send that to you so that you can give that, get that out to some sponsors for him? I'm just saying, between him and Caleb Mills? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Am I missing something? Yeah. So Are then, these not some of the best players? He said the Porter Prize was Nick Jordan. Yeah, that was a miss. There's no question about that. Uh, although Nick Jordan showed some things in the Dominican. I mean, if everybody's – he did. And that massive upset. And he's now, you know, more required. Yeah. Particularly with, you know, Tiafale and who knows with DeAndre. Oh, but. I forgot about Tiafale. Uh Okay. Then we're going to wrap this up with an outlook. I don't outlook. know if I could take it. Memphis has my an, pressure's up. Memphis has an abundance of athleticism and depth, not exactly atypical for a Penny Hardaway team. This iteration fuses seasoned upperclassmen with an intriguing rookie class, and there's hope that the Tigers can be a two-way force. The potential issues are present too, though. There are legitimate questions hanging over as many as four players regarding whether they will even play this year, and Memphis's turnover bug could return without Kendrick Davis running the show. Tigers' lackluster perimeter shooting could also be an issue, and that matter becomes more pressing if DeAndre Williams is unable to play. All of it makes for one of the sport's highest various te- variance teams at this point. A full-strength Tiger team could vault into the top 15 nationally, terrorizing the paint on both ends of the floor. But the downside is there for another bubblicious year if Penny is not dealing with the full deck. Bubblicious? Bubblicious, That was bro. real cute. Bubblicious. Where I agree with him is the variance. If you have DeAndre Williams in your full strength, you know you're you're as Bartorovic and your and your man Parth had it in the store. You're a top ten team. You're probably outside the top twenty five without him. So there's some variance right there. there he's not. The, the, I still think you're yeah. a tournament team. What Torvik had him at thirty two without DeAndre. Right. So I agree with that part of it. There is some variance there. DeAndre makes you that good having another year of eligibility with him in terms of where where the the ceiling is higher. Unquestionably, you might be a Final Four team. Uh, with DeAndre Williams, you could be. Yeah, you know, you you can make it tr- truly be a uh, title contender. So I'll, I'll agree with him there. The rest of it, John's tough, man. It's tough. Now I know we're in a day and age where there's a lot of movement. Yeah, exactly. But not having a a, a team that you're acknowledging is going to be the second best team in the conference, you know, and that's up for grabs. But you have to give FAU the nod right now, especially without the DeAndre. Was, you're acknowledging they're second best in the conference, but no, no all all uh, all conference performers. That's I just I, I see at least two to three guys that I would have as candidates for that first team. Maybe you've got more than that on there, depending upon if you win the conference or not. Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I think that's the it is it is it is hard to discuss Memphis a little bit from a national perspective. I get that, you know, because you don't know what you don't you don't know well, what they you, have. Yeah, and you got some CUSA coming into some right. AAC and how that looks in yeah. terms of okay, is this guy going to stand out here as your boy 
from Rice. Exactly. You know, I, I think people need to look no further than what the, the teams that have come into the AAC in football, um, you know, for a gauge of, of what that's going to look like. Uh, is there anybody that's come in from, the, from that expansion group in AAC football that's done well? I don't think so. Like UTSA is not playing well. Well, don't you have to gauge that once you start playing the conference competition? Well, if we're talking about yeah, right now, fair, this point in the season, that's fair, most but. of what you got is non-con. I mean, I can't. I don't even. Right. Who who, who did they play last week? I would kept up with them early. UTSA they, played uh, Army. I know, and they've got ten. Who was it this week? Is it ten? No, it's not. No. Um, who was yeah. it this week? I think you're onto it. It's, it's uh, Tennessee, is it? It's uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was gonna think. I, I kept. I said that, and it sounded wrong coming out, but it yeah. is. It's Tennessee. They're going to lose again, right. but you can't measure them and how they're going to do in, in the AAC until they're playing. Okay, that's fine. Right, conference teams, that's, that's, right? I that's mean, that's fair. Well, I mean, look, UAB sucks. UTSA sucks. Uh, that may just be a coincidence. They may just coincidentally suck this year. But um, none, of those, none of those teams are coming in and lighting the world on fire, even in the non-con. So I, I, I just do think once you get into the league, you know, it's going to be harder to, when you make when you make that transition, and I think it will be no different for, um, you know, UAB and and I mean North Texas and all those teams because they just they're not used to the length they're going to see from from you know. And I, I think right, even what, FAU, who, two, Memphis and FAU, that's about it. Who are you scared of Tulane? I guess I guess yeah, they're they're Tulane? an established enough yeah. program now under Hunter that you got to at least put some respect on. We know they you know they East Carolina twice. though. I mean now again you cannot go much further than Tulane. I was wondering if you're going to go to old ECU. We're holding them up now as a stand. That's how sad it is. Aki said they're going to be the sleeper team. Uh, Joe Dooley, Joe Dooley was going to get it. Till, wait till they come in this conference and they get a taste of the top. With Memphis, FAU, and ECU and Tulane. Hey, that's murderers wrong. That is right literally there. why the Big East broke up ECU and Tulane. And now we're holding them up as the this part of the standard bearers of this conference. Sad. Yeah, no question. Sad. And that's why y'all need to get that two hundred million over to uh Simmons Bank. Whatever it takes. It's not even Joe Dooley anymore, by the way. Did you know that? East Carolina? Yes, I knew that. And it was Aki had predicted it would happen with Dooley, did he not? Yes, he did. He uh, did. So you're about two years. That's what that was a two, three year ago prediction well, that he, you're holding on to that's been dead. He got he got that one wrong. There's no question about that. Um Mike Schwartz is the coach now. That's his name. I don't know who the hell that is. Uh what went down at USF? Who's the coach there? It's not Brian Gregory. I cannot imagine he survived. No, it's not him for sure. Who they Come on, Mr. Almanac. It is. Uh, this is why we need you in the college basketball almanac. It is. Uh, oh, man, who is it? It's uh, Abdur Rahim. Ab- Abdur Rahim's brother. Yeah, the dude that was at uh, uh, Ken- Kennesaw oh, State. Oh, man, you're good. It's him, right? Uh, it'll, it'll take me a second. Yeah, Amir Abdur Rahim. Okay. Bang. Bang! Amir Abdur Rahim? Yes. That's a great hire. That's actually a really good hire. As you know, I went down to USF three years ago for yes. James Wiseman's return. That was, uh, but but he was he was not on the team at that point. That was the problem. You were down there, and that man didn't play, dude. That that was that was kind of funny. Now we booked the uh, we booked mm-hmm. the uh, trip and everything because I was going to write it up for the athletic, and then uh, of course he leaves the team. But the trip's already booked and paid for, so I just went down there and basically wrote about the ghost of James Wiseman. This is where he should have been. My man turned that one good year at Kennesaw State because yep. it was one and twenty-eight, five and nineteen, thirteen and eighteen. Last year they go twenty-six and nine, make the tournament. Yep. He turned that into a South Florida job. Good on him because it it had been tough them first three years. Oh, yeah, dude. And and I think he, he, he you know cashed he's, in on that good. He's season. widely good accepted as the uh, you know as as an up and comer. So hopefully he'll do a good yeah, job. He's been South an assistant Florida. in Georgia, Texas A and M, some yeah. other places. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, anyway, that's your college basketball preview for Memphis so Is DeAndre far. coming? Well, let's hope so. Let's I'm just saying what your gut tell you. Uh, no, is what my gut tells me. No. Yeah, I worry about the case. You're still sending in info that feels like they right. said they told you no. Otherwise, yeah, what are why we would doing you have here? to send in more additional info? Yeah. Um, but I but, hope, you know. But don't you? I don't you, know. I don't know for sure. There are still a few that are pretty optimistic. Yeah. I hope that. And that I hope, makes me more curious about I hope about they're it. rewarded for that. Me too. So me too. Uh, anyway, that is uh, that is the college basketball preview uh, for Memphis uh, at the Almanac. Appreciate those guys' hard work. We'll come back. Drew Hill's going to join us. Talk to him about Grizzlies, Alabama, 
Memphis, Missouri, all that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, I turn FM, ESPN. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. Now's a great time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use. Wide range of betting options from spreads to player props to over-unders and so much more. FanDuel's got a bunch of pre-made bets as well. Like I talk about for the newbie, uh, can be especially helpful and a good way to get your toe in the water, have a little fun. So visit FanDuel.com slash JSmith, that's J-S-M-I-T-H, kick off the NFL season, that's FanDuel.com slash J-S-M-I-T-H. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of 92.9 FM ESPN, must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. I'm Chelsea Messenger helping you beat the books with Becky Atlanta has already clinched the NL East title, but the Braves are still looking to lock up the best record in all of baseball. Tonight, Atlanta heads to Washington as they are huge money line favorites, so the Becky model is going to look towards the run line in this one. Today's Becky five-star best bet is to take Atlanta on the run line against Washington. I'm Chelsea Messenger. Bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL and download the BetMGM app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Up to death. Oh, hell! Is the Memphis Grizzlies beat rider. For the Daily Memphian. He joins us every Thursday. And you better hope he don't write about your favorite player in the preseason. What's going on, Drew? <laughs> What's up, John? That was a – wow, what an introduction. I think that's your best introduction you've ever given me. You didn't tell – you didn't try to say I wrote a fake story. Uh, that's you right. Just, you just gave the, the, the Drew. And, I, you know, I was listening uh, the other day. And it's good to know you don't only do that to me. You do that to Giannato as well. You, you keep it even. You keep it yeah. fair with everybody. I well, appreciate that. I went, when there is corrupt journalism happening in Memphis, I like to call it out as it happens. So there, <laughs> it doesn't matter who it's from. Even if it's the outlet I'm at, I call it out when I see it. No question about it. Let's talk about your preseason work from a year ago, man. It was really good. Uh, John Morant dismisses critics about partying. Dylan Brooks yeah. will battle in his contract year. Danny Green is here to stay in Memphis. Okay. To be fair, the last one was Parth. That was Parth. That okay. Was not me. All right. All right. So now you're gonna. Now you. What a, a great teammate you are. <laughs> but no, I, I was I was writing uh, my Grizzlies newsletter, which I do every single week on Thursdays. Now, once the season gets started, it'll go back to uh, Mondays and Thursdays. But I was writing my newsletter, and there's not much going on. So I was like, I wonder what we were talking about a year ago today. And I was, I was at a coffee shop working, and I was laughing out loud at some of these headlines. It's not necessarily our fault, but it's just kind of funny to look back at what we were talking about a year ago and how so much of it just didn't turn out. So, like, we're talking, you know, Jeff's asking about storylines. Let's give top five storylines. 
whatever the heck we're talking about in the preseason, let's just keep in mind that uh, oftentimes it's completely unpredictable. Yeah. No, that that is. Not, I, I didn't know if you had a second thought you were going to add there, but yes, there's no. I don't. I don't blame you. Like it, it's not like you know you're 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 writing things as they happen. It's just kind of comical to, to to you know look back and like the complete opposite happened. <laughs> you know, like the Danny Green thing. Like the Danny Green thing. To be fair, now the headline was a little. It, it, it may have stepped a, a bit too far, like Parth, but it may have stepped a bit too far because we always knew Danny Green could potentially get traded. But you go back and you read some of the stuff in there, and it was like, yeah, Danny Green is a he's a member of our team, and we like him, and we view him as a Grizzly, and we think he's going to bring veteran leadership. And none of that really took hold ever. Like, it just didn't really happen. Uh, and then the Dylan Brooks stuff, I, look, I'm a Dylan guy, <laughs> but I think all of Dylan Brooks' preseason takes could have been on, like, old takes exposed because <laughs> – it will, some of it was rough. It was like, you know, I, this is a contract year for me. First of all, I need to stay healthy and play well. Uh, and then by the end of the season, I need to be efficient. Well, efficient was anything but what Dylan Brooks was in yep. that playoff series against the Lakers, if we're just being fair here. Uh, so that didn't work out. And then the Joss stuff, we all know how that story ended. Um, so no Instagram lives. Uh, we haven't had any Instagram lives since the last incident. So, I think that's a, a step in the right direction. But, yeah, obviously all three of those things from – that was all from, like, late September, early October, and all of that kind of just didn't work out. And then we also had Stephen Adams getting a contract extension, which everybody was really excited about, and then he got hurt in January and didn't play the rest of the year. So we had a lot that we were talking about in the preseason that just never came to fruition last year. Let's hope that this year we're a little bit better. I tried to make some predictions – uh, some of which are like stronger predictions than other in the newsletters, uh, in the newsletter today. And, I, you know, like who are we going to be talking about the most in the preseason? I think this year we're not going to really be talking about like the Danny Green thing, obviously. We're going to be talking about Marcus Smart. We're going to be talking about Marcus Smart's leadership yep. and how he can steer this team. Um, and I think that that one, I think that this one has a little bit higher chance of uh, of turning out well than the Danny Green thing did, just simply because Marcus has a bigger impact on the floor. Um, I think that we will we, – we're wondering what this what it's going to look like when Ja comes back. And – well, not when he comes back, but like when they start training camp. Like what is he going to be able to do? How much is he going to be able to do? I mean, he's not going to be at media day, obviously, because that's a public setting. I don't know if we will ever see Ja Morant practicing with the team like the media will. I suspect that he'll be able to do things with the team. I, I haven't had an, uh, had an update on that in a while. It's been a while since we asked about that sort of thing. Um, and I, I would kind of guess that that's probably going to remain a bit of a mystery because the whole goal of this is to kind of keep him out of the spotlight until he comes back. And so I think they're going to try to keep him out of the spotlight as much as possible until he comes back. And so, I predicted I think that'll still kind of be a mystery. I, th- I don't think we, we will ever know with 100% certainty. And that's just a guess. Maybe we will. Um, but, you know, those were those were my top two predictions. Uh, and then I had a few others in there, a little Stephen Adams bit and, and some other stuff. But, yeah, I was laughing this morning reading those headlines again. Can, can you have effective veteran leadership? I'm, I'm thinking about the point that you made on Marcus Smart. I, I, I'm agreeing with you that, that he can be more effective just certainly off top than Danny Green because he's going to be out there. Can you have effective veteran leadership, though, for guys that are doing it from the bench? Because it does feel like you know, that's supposed to be what – I mean, it feels like what at some point they're going to expect from Derrick Rose. There are some guys, I guess, that we point to from a narrative standpoint. Udonis Haslam, you know, in Miami, he had some of the locker room. And we are talking about, again, a, a group of guys who Kleiman said, you know, last year we doubled down on youth – and figuring guys were ready or tripled down on it, and, and they weren't. And so my question is, is, is Marcus Smart I'm with you on? Can, can, can Derrick Rose truly, if it, it, is that about him? Is it about the person? Or, or is it more about whether Ja and those guys are willing to let a guy like Derrick Rose do it from the bench maybe if he's not playing? Um, I think it's kind of a combination of, of everything there. I think it was on the Grizzlies to try to – recognize the players that may actually have an impact this offseason. And I think all of the 
names that were kind of rumored are probably players that they had identified. And those three, those big three that I named or that we've talked about in the past were Derrick Rose because Ja respects Derrick Rose yep. and views Derrick Rose as a mentor and views Derrick Rose's career or at least his early career as a path that he could go down um, and become an MVP as a dynamic driving point guard. And so I think the respect for Derrick Rose already takes his leadership to another level mm-hmm. uh, simply because when Derrick Rose talks, Ja will listen and other players on the team will listen because they understand Derrick Rose, you know, comes with success. Like this is a guy that's been in deep playoff runs for the Bulls before the knee injury. He was an MVP. Like he's, he's done this. He's, he's played at the NBA at a really high level. So uh, not, no disrespect to Danny Green, who's a champion, a multi-time champion. Um, but it's just, it's a different level with Derrick Rose. So I, yeah. I think that, you know, he was one of them. I think Marcus Smart was another one. That's why they made that trade. It is not just because of what Marcus brings on the basketball court. It's because of the way that Marcus Smart practices. Like Marcus Smart will will instantly elevate those practices. That's the expectation. I think that's Marcus Smart's expectation. And so I think he was another one. And then, you know, there it was rumored that they had interest in Draymond Green. And now Draymond Green comes with a little bit more baggage, in my opinion, than Marcus Smart. But, you know, I don't think that that was nothing. Like, the Grizzlies might be interested in, in Draymond Green. Uh, obviously, it didn't shake out that way, and he's still with the Warriors. But um, I think all of those players are, like, people you can identify as folks that can elevate your team from a leadership standpoint. Um, and so those were the players that you heard a lot of the news surrounding the Grizzlies with uh, coming into this preseason. Yeah, a lot of talk about uh, Marcus Smart lately. Um, got married. Congratulations to, to yeah. Marcus Smart on the on the and nuptial. Eric Rose. And, I mean, we just got and Eric Rose. come to Memphis and you just settle down. The vets settle down. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing else to do. Uh, so it's I think it's go a, to Shelby Farms. It's a good right, but you go with your lovely lady. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. This is not the. You don't move to Memphis to be the eligible bachelor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you move to Memphis to to settle down, gain about 25 pounds. You know, and just love life. Um, but past that, Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe was very critical of the Celtics in a recent piece um, where he said that you lost a guy who's going to tell everyone where they need to be. And now, he's speaking from the Celtics' perspective, the leadership void is huge. Um, so I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, you're getting that guy, you know, which is a, uh, which is a huge plus. Um, and, the, and, and even Jalen Brown on Instagram posted a picture of himself with Marcus Smart, and he said, my brother for life. Jaron commented on it and said, my brother now. And Jalen mm. Brown did respond. He said, Cap, he don't even FW y'all, which, of course, means mess with y'all. But but uh, isn't that always a good thing to hear, though, Drew? Like, you know, people fighting over, you know, whose who's brother Marcus Smart is and that he's leaving a huge leadership void in Boston. I mean, you, I feel like we've never heard something like that with a guy that Grizzlies have acquired. Yeah, I think that this is going to be the number one topic of the preseason. Um, and I, I think for good reason. Um, it's just interesting to talk to people around Marcus Smart and talk to Marcus himself. Like part of the reason I'm so convinced that Grizzlies fans will be in love with Marcus Smart almost instantly is it's almost, it's a, like a different way of the Steven Adams effect. And like Steven Adams has this humor that can connect to everyone. And so it makes him a very beloved person. Like Marcus Smart has this level of intensity and intelligence at the same time. And when you combine those two things, like when he steps in front of a a microphone or a camera, I mean, you see it when he's playing on the court too, but when he steps in front of a microphone or a camera, like usually good things are to follow. And so I think, you know, people are going to be in love with Marcus Smart from the very beginning. And his impact on the court is pretty obvious. It's not just the first 25 games. Like, he is a critical part of this team. Um, He's trying to play two roles at once. You know, he's trying to replace Tyus in a way and also at the same time replace Dylan. And so that is a massively important role for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so I I think all of those things combined makes him the single most interesting player heading into the season. 
yeah, we'll be talking about Ja missing games, and we'll be talking about Bain's foot, and we'll be talking about Steven Adams' knee. But in the end, like, if Marcus Smart is great, that, I think, is what is going to elevate this team. Like, we expect Jaron to be good, and we expect Santi to make another leap. And there are questions, but I think the biggest of them all is how good is Marcus Smart going to be for this team? Is he going to be able to elevate Grizzlies practices? I I think that's the number one thing. I keep coming back to that because this is a young team, and I'm not saying that they didn't practice hard before because they did, but Marcus Smart has the intensity and the drive to take these things to a new level and make them even more competitive. Travis Ford, who was his college coach, told me, he would go to his high school gym and see practices and workouts or whatever, and he had never seen a kid practice that hard um, ever in his life. And then once he got to Oklahoma State, it just made coaching that much easier because you never had to be the the bad guy and say, Mm -hmm. this practice sucks, nobody's trying hard enough, Uh, we got to be better than this because Marcus is going to bring it. He's going to annoy almost his own teammates to the point where they feel the need to practice hard or they want to be more competitive. And to me, you know, that is invaluable for this team and especially a team that's as young as Memphis. And you just got to hope, you know, he's able to stay healthy and be the best Marcus Smart because that role is so important. Um, The roles that he will play when the games begin. Um, And it's great to have the practice stuff and all that's awesome, but you also need him to be great when he's on the court uh, at FedEx Forum. Hey, uh, a couple more things before we get you out of here. We're talking to Drew Hill, covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian. Um, Alabama, man, like, what's the, what are we doing at QB here? Did we just overestimate uh, the talent at the position in the preseason? What's going on? It's ugly. It's definitely ugly. I, I you know, I don't know if this is a, a correct take, but maybe this is a bit of an overreaction by me who's, you know, a graduate of the university and a fan. But to me, it just felt like Nick Saban was a little complacent this offseason. Like, he didn't – he spent all this time doing these projects, you know, taking troubled coaches who are very clearly very talented coaches, whether that be Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian, and building them up and, uh, again, and putting them in positions to be really successful. And then this offseason – you go and hire Tommy Reese from Notre Dame, which, you know, I don't think you can completely write him off because of what the quarterback and the talent situation looks like. But it, the team just doesn't have the same edge that it's had in, in years past. And it feels like some of that definitely falls on Nick Saban um, for being a little bit too complacent. As far as the quarterback play goes, I just don't – I can't see a scenario where Jalen Milrow wasn't suspended <laughs> over the weekend because the quarterback play was so bad. I mean, it was – completely atrocious like they couldn't even hit a screen pass on third and long uh, it, w- it was just terrible from start to finish and while Milrow makes mistakes I think he also has the ability to make a big play uh, he can throw the ball downfield he's got a strong arm he may not be the most accurate or, or most intelligent in, in reading the field but he also has his legs which makes him dynamic as well it's almost like the Justin Fields thing I feel like you know as a Bears fan as well, I'm watching the same quarterback when Milrow plays uh, both Saturday and Sunday because, you know, you, you don't want to take their best weapons away from them, you, but you also try to make it to where they can be successful making one read, and if it's not there, you got to just go. But I, I just – I think Milrow must have been suspended. There, there must have been something more to that because he's clearly your best option at this point. But uh, I'm not very optimistic for the rest of the season. I can tell you that. It's been ugly enough to where, you know, I don't think this team is going to win the SEC West. Like, I don't – I mean, if you make it to a New Year's Bowl game, I think you're, you're pretty happy if you're Alabama. Uh, which one of the Bears have a big, bigger coaching problem or a bigger Justin Fields problem? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I would probably say – I would probably say Fields at this point um, because – yeah, the coaches are probably trying to make him a more of a pocket passer. I think what he said yesterday is likely true. Um, but at the same time, you're the leader of the team. You can't really be saying those types of things, or you, you shouldn't say them out loud. Uh, you can maybe say them privately, but you, you don't say that to the media. I think that's pretty clear, and he backtracked on it very quickly. Um, but I think 
you know, there's clearly coaching problems too. When your defensive coordinator is just disappearing in the middle of the season mysteriously, and we still don't have answers to what happened there. Um, I, I think that you have serious, serious problems. And Luke Getze has been a, a, a bad play caller through the first two weeks of the season. So, yeah, the Bears have a lot of problems. The Bears, honestly, John, I know we gave you a lot of crap about your Raiders, but I, I don't know. The Bears look like they may be, may be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really bad. I mean, some of the rumors that were circulating yesterday were just FBI's raiding Hallis Hall, I mean, which was not true, by the way. But it's just like, at this point, don't you just wish it was? I mean, you just you just kind of want to be put out of your misery of yet another lost season. After did didn't you put uh, Bears Super Bowl uh, Justin Fields MVP parlay together? <laughs> didn't you bet no. that? You did bet that. Stop it. Absolutely not. You I bet one of those. Fields was going to be good. I thought Fields was going to be good, but yeah. I, and I've been really wrong about that. I I can own up to that. But, uh, but you, got, you guys have two picks, though, right, in the first round? Correct. Yeah, so, I mean. Right. My favorite team the rest of the year is whoever's playing the Carolina Panthers. That's, oh, that's, that's they're going winless, pal. They might really that's go winless. Great. Bears ain't going to be too good either. So yeah. Those so. are going to be two high picks. Who else? Uh, Cardinals are going to be happy, and the uh, Bears are going to be happy. Those are going to be your winners of the draft, no doubt about it. Just, I mean, then you got to make the right picks. But, um, yeah, you guys are going to have a – you guys are absolutely – going to because you're going to be 0 and 3 after this weekend. You guys are going to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. It's unbelievable how this has happened, but you got I mean that that's that is that is like not even that bad of news. Like you're going to get one of those two draft guys. Both. You know what? Just draft both of them. Why not? I mean, sure. we can't figure out You might be one and two ever. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, just see who's good. Like no, try because to find somebody in, who in all like seriousness, work. like you guys are set up beautifully. Because I truly believe that you are going to be bad enough to be in position to have the first two picks in the draft. So you use the first, right, to draft the quarterback that you want, and then you trade down because there's going to be another team that wants to get the other. You know, So you're going to pick up more capital along the way, and you're going to have two more first-rounders. I mean, you guys are not going to be down long if you, know, if you have any clue of what you're doing. You guys are not going to be – I mean, yeah, I think you're set up as well as anybody else, you know, in the National Football League. In terms of – I mean, and that's what you got to do. You got to hit the picks, but you guys are going to have primo picks. Thanks, John. You got to have a coach, though. Uh, I don't trust the coaching. I don't that's, either. That's the other problem. Yep. Well, I'd say it could be worse, but I don't know if it can. Uh, so, uh, Cope, no doubt about that. And we'll, we'll get through. We'll be there uh, October the uh, – what is it, the 21st? 22nd. 22nd? For yeah, some, I don't know why. I'll have a bag on my head. For girl. some reason, we will be there. Uh, neither one of us enjoying our teams. It's it's just hoping our team loses. We're both going to be rooting actively against our team in Chicago. So it'll be well, a be uh, yeah, it'll be something. It'll be a spectacle for sure. Drew, always you appreciate this, the Drew. time, man. Thanks. Yeah, see you guys. Yep. yep. So isn't that a weird thing? Isn't that a very odd place to be like i don't want my team to win you at this point don't want your team to oh, win. I, I at this point don't want to go right you don't even want to make the damn yeah, trip if, if it wasn't for the whole three generations of smiths right. and this is the chance for right how make a little that, family history then, right frankly i would already be out oh there's no doubt i mean there's just no question now, you about know what the issue is with fields i can break this down very simply for right, you thank you you cannot win a super bowl with a running only quarterback can we all agree on that it's very fundamental um, can't do that right running only yes Right? Yeah. Can't do it. At some point, the NFL is going to challenge that quarterback to throw the ball. It's the question we asked about Jalen Hurts. Right. He showed last year he, he can do he it. He did. Right? He did. So, finding out what he can process, finding out if in some situations he can be a pocket guy yep. and beat teams with his arm, is it, it's, it, it, frankly, it's paramount. It is paramount. Because you were talking about whether or not you're going to give this guy basically a half a billion dollars, mm. essentially, to be your franchise quarterback. So you got to know whether you've got just a runner, which we found out last year we got. We got a hell of a runner, hell of an athlete. Can he go back to what he was at times at Ohio State? At times, can he be a processor? I thought Jeffrey Wright has had it absolutely right on Justin Fields. And I've been off. I, I think I've gotten a little too positive on him. But he processes slow. He does. And, 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 and I think yesterday was some of that frustration that what he calls coaching. We're trying to pour into him situations. Hey, this guy's going to be open whatever else. He's... He's struggling with that right now. But you have to find out if he can do that. He doesn't have to be that, and trying to make him just that is wrong, John. Just something else other than this. Yeah. But 
you have to know that he's got some of that in him yeah. because those are the guys that win Super Bowls and those are the guys that deserve the Patrick Mahomes-like Joe Burrow-type contracts. Yeah, no doubt. And so that's the position the Bears find themselves. It can very well be bad coaching, but until we know whether well, he can beat teams with his arms. Now. Yeah, but I in, mean, again, until we know whether he can beat right. teams with his arms, you, can, you can't trust Absolutely. that he's the guy. And so, yeah. You know, and, and again, when you handle the frustration like this and publicly call out the coaching, yeah, it doesn't help you either, especially in an organization where those coaches and that that GM has not picked you. It was the previous GM. That's exactly right. And so it just it doesn't look good. No. I understand why they're trying to get this more out of him, but bro, if you can't see that 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 two receivers wide open up the scene, if you're not seeing that anymore, there's nothing in my brain. I can't help you. Got nothing in my brain. I got three things that are going to make you so feel better. So he's just in his head right now. I got three things that are, are going to make you feel better on 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 a very you know gloomy day as it's a Bears hard, bro. DC stepping down feels is terrible. And Brad, and Brad I'm, I'm going to need your help here. But I got three things that are going to make you don't, feel better. Don't say 21st of September. Earth. Hmm. Wind. Jeffrey did say it picks you up no matter where you're at, and he's right. Hey. Do you remember? Maurice White, born in Memphis, Tennessee. Always a Memphis connection. On December 19th, 1941, reminded about it by the great Jarvis Greer. Thank you, Jarvis. My dad, too, big Maurice White fan. Thank you, Les. So we came up on Earth, Wind, and Fire, bro. That's right. Don't get me wrong. And you're right. It helps me forget how bad the Bears situation is. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 